Welcome to another Solid Rock Church podcast by Bishop Larry Ragland, Senior Pastor of Solid Rock Church. For more information and content, please visit solidrockchurch.com. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and you have a blessed day. What a, what a New Year's Eve service we had, y'all. We had six preachers get up here and tear this place up. We, we went out with a bang and we're beginning with a bang. What a year. I know that we have been through some stuff. If I know what's happened out there, but I want to ask you personally, have you been through some stuff? Have you been through some stuff, y'all? I'm talking about stuff that nobody even knows that you had to go through. If that's you, wave your hand at me right now. How many knows 2020 wasn't all just about a pandemic? 2020 wasn't all just about an election. You have some stuff happen in your life in 2020 that nobody even knew about. You went through some stuff. So, you know, I've heard this statement my whole life. But when it comes to the year, it's the first time I've ever been able to say it. I've always heard hindsight is 2020. Hindsight is 2020. So, so as I'm praying about my next series, I'm thinking about, well, I got to look back on 2020 and I, I, got, I got a transition because there's no way to start 21 in a year like we just came out of and not address some things one more time that we had to deal with in 2020 to transition. And then all of a sudden it hit me, well, you know what I'm really saying is hindsight is 2020. The reason they say hindsight is 2020 is because 2020 is perfect vision. So you know all you need to know about a situation after you've gone through the situation. You, you can tell people about the situation clearly about how it started, what you had to deal with while you was going through it, and how it ended because now you don't come through it. So hindsight is 2020. Say that with me. Hindsight is 2020. Let me tell you something about hindsight. Hindsight, when you look it up, the definition of hindsight is this. And I quote, understanding of a situation or event, watch this, only after it has happened or developed. How I many of those, there are certain things that I don't care how knowledgeable you are about the situation going into it. There are certain things that you cannot know that is going to happen until after it has happened. Are you hearing me? How many of those, you might be a master mechanic. You might have uh, tore down and rebuilt engines hundreds of times of your life and hear a certain noise, hear a certain ticking, and you're confident that you know exactly what it is. But there are times that as you begin to pull that engine apart to fix what you know is wrong with it, that you run into something else that you did not see coming. Are you hearing me? But once you've seen it, now you can address it, and then you can go back and tell somebody, maybe the owner of the vehicle, or, may, or maybe your boss or, so, or someone else, that, that you went into the situation thinking you knew exactly what was going to happen, but when the situation happened, you got blindsided, you got surprised by something else in the situation that you did not expect to be there. But because you were able to see it, you were able to address it and now you were able to fix it and now you closed it back up and now you can tell the full story once you've gone through it are you hearing me church how many knows you can you think you know what's happening every day of your life but the truth is you don't 
know what's going to happen on any given day. You don't know what's going to happen on any given moment. You get up in the morning. You go through your ritual. You do the same thing that you do every day. But you know what? I don't mean to be gruesome. I don't mean to shake you up. But you know what? That everyday mundane thing that you went through that morning might be the last time you ever do it. Because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know who's distracted on their phone coming into the same intersection that you're coming into. Are you hearing me? You don't know what might be working on the inside of your body. Just getting ready to shut an organ down. And just like that, you're going to be gone. You felt fine that morning. And by that evening, you had a massive heart attack. You don't know. I'm not trying to be negative. But I'm going to tell you something. Once you go through it, once you get back home at night tonight and you lay down on your pillow, tonight you can hindsight of January 3rd is 2020 oh y'all hear me because I can tell now there still might be some stuff happen while I'm asleep but I can tell you everything I went through today when I go to bed tonight is anybody helping me preach today oh lord then none of us none of us knew what we was gonna have to deal with in 2020 on the first Sunday of January 2020. Am I preaching right? If you say you did, number one, you're probably lying. Number two, why didn't you write a book? Because you're going to pay this church off with your tithe. Hallelujah. Oh, by the way, y'all get them stimulus checks. Don't forget to tithe. Just thought I'd throw that in there. <laughs> Stimulate the church. Well, somebody look at somebody and tell them he's talking to you. <laughs> See, we may not want to call it a benefit, but we have the benefit now of having 2020 in our rearview mirror. Hmm? There ain't no more dealing with 2020. You made it through it. But the question is, when you look back on it, what did we learn? Well, I feel the Holy Ghost trying to tell me to preach like little sweet. If you don't know who little sweet is, you don't watch college football. We learned some things in 2020 that we didn't know we needed to learn. We saw some things in 2020 that we didn't know we needed to see. But God says this, all things, somebody shout all things. Oh, I'm, this, 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 this ain't really a sermon today. This is just a foundation being laid for this series. But you're going to have to help me if I'm going to get this out. All things, shout all things. All things work to the good to them that love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. All things. So that means everything that happened in 2020 doesn't mean it's good. All things that happened in 2020 are not good. And all things that happened around you are not good. But to those who love the Lord and to those who are the called according to his purpose, it don't matter even if it was not good, it will work to your good. Oh, I wish I had somebody that could understand. 
What happened? The fact that you made it through it. The greatest tragedy is not that you had to go through what you went through in 2020. The greatest tragedy would be for you to go through it and not learn anything from it. To make it through 2020 and come out of 2020, going into 21, the same or worse than you were going into 2020. If God let you breathe into 21, he wanted something to change in you in 20. Oh, y'all. Oh, I know y'all wanted some fluffy butterfly message, some positive, go take on the year and be your best self sermon scroll through Facebook tonight when you get home and you'll find a hundred of those messages today but how many knows they preached them last year they preached them the year before what you need more than a feel good butterfly go live your best life is a message trying to teach you how to do that how to face the devil how to defeat the devil in your life how to drive that devil out of your house and to walk in victory And live your best life. We learned a lot. I got 30 minutes. You ready? Number one. I think we'll get a big amen about this one. We learned a lot about our nation. We learned a lot about our nation. We learned that we, what we say about our nation is not necessarily who we are. We say that we are one nation under God, indivisible. But I got news for you. We are one nation in name only. Check one. I'm thankful that we are all American citizens, but we are now a nation made up of multiple many nations, many as in M-I-N-I, that have pulled back and created their own group using the freedoms of America but excluding other Americans from being a part of their group. One nation, I wish... Under God. Huh? How many of I can preach on that one for a whole series? But I'm going to tell you something. You think this nation is still a nation under God? Let me tell you something. We have in this nation mayors, governors, politicians, and this is the shocking one, even pastors that call themselves pastors who are at war against God and war against the church. They are at war against worship. They are at war against prayer. They are at war against anybody who calls themselves a follower of Jesus. Now I'll probably get banned on YouTube and Facebook on this one, but I'm going to say it anyway. They don't care if you worship Allah. They don't care if you worship Buddha. They don't care if you worship any other God. But if you say you're a worshiper of Jesus, then you, this nation, and many that have influence and power are at war against you. Now I'm not, listen, I'm not telling you to go to war physically. I'm not trying to create any kind of words of violence. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about spiritually speaking, not physically. 
I'm not talking about going to the streets and taking, taking something physically. I'm talking about spiritually. Spiritual warfare. i got to say that in this day and age because if not, they'll be like, Pastor calls for, for people to get guns and, and, and baseball bats and take back their right to be a Christian. That's not what I'm saying. That's, violence is not the answer. Natural physical violence is not the answer, but I tell you what is the answer. A spiritual violence is the answer. It's time for the church to understand what spiritual warfare is again. It's time for the church to know how to pray again. It's time for the church to know how to intercede again. It's time for the church to know how to bust hell wide open again. Come on, it's time for the church to learn how to storm the gates of hell. Under God, I wish. Here's the big one. Indivisible. The definition of the word indivisible in Webster's Dictionary, listen to me, is unable, impossible to be divided or separated. So when we say one nation under God, indivisible, we're saying we declare it's impossible to ever even divide us. Well, how many knows that ain't the truth anymore in the, in the nation? And can I be honest with you, that ain't the truth anymore in the church. The nation is only reflecting what the church is allowed to happen. You can't get people in church to be unified. How do we expect people who are heathens they don't even have God. They don't even have the power of the Holy. We expect them to be in unity, and you can't even be in unity with somebody sitting next to you on the same pew. Well, happy 21. Where'd you think you were? You at Solid Rock Church. Huh? Where'd you think you were? You're the one that chose to come here. Now, if you're a first-time visitor, you didn't know what you was getting. I hope you come back. I love you. We all know the scriptures that preachers all around the world were declaring in 2019, before we came into 2020, they were quoting Proverbs 29, 18. Without a vision, the people perish. You heard that one one time in 19. You heard it a thousand times in 19. But I believe, I believe, that we need to read it in context. Because we love to just say, well, you know, without a vision, the people perish. We love to do, do that, don't we? We love to take, not even just scripture, we love to take phrases of one scripture and build entire doctrines around it without reading what was said before it and after. That's called context. Let's read it in context. Proverbs 2019 in context. In order to do that, you got to go before it and after. So we'll start in verse 16 instead of quoting 18. When the wicked are multiplied, transgression increases, but the righteous will see their fall. Correct your son and he will give you rest. Yes, he will give delight to your soul. For where there is no revelation or vision, the people cast off all restraint or perish. But happy is he who keeps the law. A servant will not be corrected by mere words, 
For though he understands, he will not respond. I think we need to break it down. Break it down. That ain't what I meant. When the wicked are multiplied, transgression increases. Oh, y'all ain't ready for what I'm about to tell you. The word transgression in Hebrew is the word Pesach, which means, and I quote straight out of Strong's Dictionary, a revolt, national, moral, or religious revolt. Go get your Strong's out. I don't say it unless I can tell you the truth. So before we ever get to without a vision, the people perish, it tells us, here's why you need a vision. Because when the wicked are multiplied, revolt on a national level happens. The second part of that definition is Strong's. After the word Pacer, after a revolt, parentheses, national, more or religious, is this. It means rebellion, sin, trespass, or transgression. See, the Bible tells us rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Is it any wonder that we are dealing with what we are dealing with because at the center of what we're dealing with is a spirit of witchcraft? But wait a minute. Before it ever manifested in the world, it first manifested in the church. You can't, even, you can't even honor your pastor and the leaders that God has put on your heart if they tell you to do something that you don't want to do or they say something that you don't like, you immediately rebel against it, bring witchcraft into your family, into your home, and can't figure out why that is being dupl duplicated and multiplied on a national level. Listen, the church is the barrier against what happens to a nation. I wish you got what I just said. I'm not telling you everything that's going on is happening because the church didn't do what they're supposed to do. But you better know this. When they, we didn't, they didn't just surprise us that they were trying to take prayer out of school. It was, it was known. It was coming for a while. The church stays silent. It, was, it didn't shock us one day. Nobody ever heard this word called abortion. And then, I, oh, wait a minute. Something just happened in Supreme Court. Uh, Roe v. Wade. Uh, abortion. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did I never heard of that before. No, the church knew about it. It's been going on for generations. They knew it was coming, but the church stayed silent. Are you hearing me? When, oh, I could go on and on and on about the things that the Supreme Court has made rules and now we have to deal with. But the reality is this, on every single one of them, the church stayed silent. And then when it happens, the church wants to preach against what happened. Is this microphone working? I love this sound system. I love to crank it up so loud that, that I crank it all the way up to where your eardrums are about to explode and bleed. And then we crank it back two notches. So at least you don't bleed. Transgression. Revolt. How many knows? The Bible tells us the spiritual is not first in the natural, first the natural and then the spiritual. We see a revolt in the, in, in the natural. 
it's time for a revolt happening in the spiritual. It's time for a remnant to stand up and say, you know what? I'm sick of being told to shut up. I'm sick of being told I can't go to church. I'm sick of being told that I need to calm down. Huh? I'm not going to calm down. If anything, baby, I'm about to t- crank up the heat. If anything, I'm about to tell it like it is more than I ever have in my life. I'm 52, about to be 53 years old in a few days. I don't know how long i got. You better know I'm going out on fire, y'all. I don't care how old I am. I'll be on fire as long as I live. I'm telling you, I'm going out on more fire than I came into this thing called the ministry. Make a decision, church. Thank you, baby. Shot me down. You know, you know what you're doing to me when my baby shouts me down like that. Y'all better look out. Those that don't know, that smoking hot blonde is my wife. She's just not some random chick sitting on the front row up here. <laughs> First time visitor here. Hey, baby, uh, can I get your digits? <laughs> Do people still say that? No, no one's ever said that. <laughs> Ooh. I got my own language, y'all. Raglanish. Says when that happens, the righteous will see their fall. Did you hear what I'm saying? When you see this happening in this last day. It may look like they're winning. But let me just tell you something right now. There is a revival prophesied in the midst of that falling away. I'm telling you. We're about to see the fall of the devil's kingdom. We're not about to see the rise of the devil's kingdom. We're about to see the church rise up. And we're going to see the fall of the devil. Twenty twenty vision is hindsight. It peeled back the layers of the onion. We got to see some things that we need to pray about that we didn't even know we needed to pray about. Twenty twenty, let us see their wickedness. I believe in some way, shape, or form. Twenty one is going to let us see their fall. Now, watch what happens. That scripture goes on before we ever get to without a vision. The people perish. It says that we should correct to correct your son. 2020 was a correction on many levels. We will look back in hindsight and see that God, you thought he abandoned you. He was really helping you all along. Oh, I was thinking about when I was typing it. I was thinking about when my mama used to make me stand at the bathroom window and watch her peel, pick the switch off the plum tree and peel the leaves off and look at me at the window coming in because she's about to tear my rear end up with that switch. And I'm like, my mother hates me. She wants to kill me with that switch. But I found out that my mama loved me. I found out that my mama was trying to stop me from becoming something that she could see I was headed toward. Sometimes you got to correct your son or your daughter. Sometimes you got to. I'm not telling you that you got to whip them with a switch, okay? But sometimes you got to tell, sometimes the best thing you could ever tell your child is no. Stop it.
The Bible tells us that God never takes pleasure in the chastening or the discipline of his children, but he does that for our own good. In the King James Version, the way I memorized it, the way you memorized it, it's the word vision. Without a vision, the people perish. But that word vision in the King James, in the original Hebrew, is the word hezon. H-A-Z-O-N, hezon. And it means revelation. Watch this. Or prophetic voice. How many knows we need a prophetic voice? We need the prophet. We need the prophetic voice to speak. And I'm not talking about prophesying new cars and prophesying new houses. If the Lord tells you that, that's fine. But we've had enough of new house prophets. We've had enough of new Mercedes prophets. We've had enough of new airplane prophets. We need some people to prophesy some life into us. We need some people to prophesy into us some things that we really need. I'm tired of fluffy preachers and fluffy prophets. I want some people to tell me some stuff that's going to help me not have to go through the hell I could have gone through without that word. Without a revelation, without a prophetic voice, the people perish. King James used the word perish. But that word perish literally is defined in the Hebrew Bible as to cast off all restraint and run wild. So when you hear, without a vision, the people perish in the King James, this is, this, that was the King James way of, of explaining it. But when you study it in the original Hebrew context, it says, without a revelation or a prophetic voice, the people will cast off all restraint and run wild. Does it look like the scripture is being fulfilled in our lifetime? Does it look like people have cast off all restraint and they're running wild? There is no respect for life. People are randomly walking up to elderly people in their 70s and their 80s just to thank God they're still with us. And young people are walking up to them and just blindsiding them and cold cocking them and knocking them out and videoing it and streaming it live, calling it a game, a knockout game. Oh, I miss the days when road rage meant you could blow the horn at somebody. And you might get a response of just, hey, you're number one. You're number one. Nowadays, you better watch it blowing the horn at somebody. Nowadays, you better ask God to help you get over road rage anyway. But if somebody cuts you off, you don't know what's laying in the seat next to them. That, that, that people have so cast off all restraint, you might pull up to a red light and you think that you just, you, you beat them, you won, you showed them, and they pop a cap in you. I'm telling you, people are being killed because people just live in the moment. Never think about the consequences of what this chaos means for the life that you just took. People can't disagree anymore. I mean, you can't just disagree. I remember hearing my whole life. Well, you know what? When you get mad, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. Let's just agree to disagree, okay? Let's just, we, we just ain't going to agree on this, but I still love you. You can't do that anymore. You can't agree to disagree anymore. If you're not in 100% agreement with you, they're, they're done with you. They'll cancel you. They'll crush you. 
They'll unfriend you. They'll not, I'm talking about people that have lost friends over political choices. Who they voted for. They've lost lifelong friends over who their candidate was. They've lost lifelong friends. Watch this. Don't get mad at me. Over their opinion of a mask. I'm talking about you got people that call everybody that's wearing a mask idiots and sheep and, and that they have no faith. Where's your faith? And then you got people who are wearing masks looking at people who don't wear masks saying that they are of the devil. They're trying to kill me. They're trying to kill my grandmother. When my grandmother dies, you killed my grandmother. I've seen people that I went to school with say, well, I tell you what, when my grandmother dies, you killed my grandmother. Because they said they went to a restaurant without a mask. Listen, this is not a message about whether you should wear a mask or not. But how about this? If you don't want to wear a mask, if you do wear a mask, how about we not destroy somebody else's life? Thank you for the one-third. The rest of you probably won't be back next Sunday. I hope you come back. We have lost friends over their simple decision to have Thanksgiving dinner with their family in person or Zoom. I'm talking about both sides. We've called people idiots because they had Thanksgiving by Zoom and everybody ate their Thanksgiving in front of a camera. You know what? If that was your decision, I respect that decision. I absolutely 100% emphatically respect that decision. But if I ate Thanksgiving dinner with my kids and my grandkids and my in-laws, that's my decision. But how, how about this? Can we still not believe we're part of the same kingdom after Thanksgiving? We've burned so many bridges, and many of the bridges that we burn is going to cost us because some of those bridges that we burn, we're going to need to get back across one day. Because these are people who have something in their life that can help us that we're going to need. But we're not going to be able to get back with them because we didn't like who they voted for. So therefore, we burned every access we had to them. Let me shock you. Maybe it should, if it is a shock, then you ought to be shocked that it shocks you. There are people in every section that voted for Donald Trump and uh, Joe Biden in every section of this church. What? I thought everybody would came here and was MAGA. I thought everybody was here was hate MAGA. Orange man bad. Nope. You got people on the same row with you that voted differently than you. What you going to do with that? Do you need to know who they are? Do you need a list? Because I got news for you. I don't have a clue and I don't care because I'm their pastor. I'm going to be their pastor no matter who they voted for. I'm not going to stand before God and God say, well, I'll tell you one thing. Well done, you pastored them Trumpites. Well done, you pastored them Bidenites. No, he's going to say, well done, you pastored the sheep that I sent you. Somebody shout, go ahead, preacher. Is this all right, y'all? Huh? 
Who said that? Was that my drummer? My God, it's the praise team's fault. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10 says this. Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Watch this. That you all speak the same thing. And that there be no divisions among you. But that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. That didn't mean perfectly aligned politically, perfectly aligned music choice, perfectly aligned dress style, perfectly aligned hairstyle, but all these other things that we try to line everybody else up that they don't look like us, talk like us, and act like us. They can't be a part of us. No, it says ultimately you need to speak the same thing. You need to speak the kingdom. You need to speak Jesus. You need to speak greater is he that's within me than he that's within the world. You need to speak that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life hey if we can't agree on who to vote on can we agree on who died for our sins hey if we can't agree on who's in the white house can we agree who's on the throne my God can we just agree that Jesus is the king of kings and the lord of lords baby Cause I got news for you. Your choice ain't gonna be that but four years, eight years at the max. But my choice is eternal. My choice ain't never, he can't get voted out. You can't vote my king out. You can't recall my king. There is no other God but him. Nobody's even running against him. Nobody. There ain't nobody else on the ballot, baby. That's my king. That's called the Holy Ghost in case that scares you. I'm spirit filled and unashamed of it. I'm a Holy Ghost man of God and unashamed of it. I'll cast out devils and unashamed of it. I'll prophesy and unashamed of it. What did we learn? What did we learn? I ain't going to preach it today. I said, you have a five minutes. That was just what we learned about the nation. Next week, I'm going to preach what we learned about the church. And then after that, I'm going to preach about what we learned about ourselves. I probably shouldn't have told you all that because now you won't come back. See, none of this has taken God by surprise. None of it. In fact, not only is it not taken him by surprise, he told us about it. He went so far as to tell us about what the last days would look like. It, so that tells me, on a shadow of a doubt, he's not been blindsided. Now, now I close with this. 2020 is hindsight to us, right? 
But here's why we need to trust in God and not in man. 2020 is hindsight to man. But 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, and 5,000 if he tarries his return. It doesn't matter how far this thing goes. All of that is hindsight to him. Because he's not rolling with us, y'all. He's not waking up every day checking the news to see how he's going to respond. He's not scrolling through Instagram. See who posted what just to, you know, know how he's going to respond today. He is ultimate hindsight. What's that mean? He is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning. He is the end. He is the one that was and is and is to come. You know what? I like that one the best because that means he was there at the beginning. He's with us now and he's already been to the end, baby. You ought to get up on your feet and praise him because he has already been to the end. Hindsight is 2020 to him all the time. Woo! Throw your hands up. Throw your hands up all over this house. Say this, Jesus, I'm going into 21. Eyes wide open. Heart wide open. Hands ready. Feet ready. Mouth ready. Ears ready. Eyes ready. I'm ready to go. See. Hear. Speak. Do whatever you want me to do. Here I am. 21 is the year I finally grow up in Jesus' name. Give him praise. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Now, now, every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I want to begin this year by getting my life right with God. I can't go into this year knowing the things that I've done, I've not repented of them and give them to you, God. Nobody's looking around. I'm asking you, God, right now to come into my heart and forgive me of those sins. If you want to rededicate or give your life to Christ, will you raise your hand right now? Everybody. Raise your hand. Thank you for these hands. It's a very important moment. Is there anyone else? Thank you for all these hands. My goodness, at the hands. Anybody else? Can we pray this prayer together? Everybody say this. Let's help our brothers and sisters out. Let's help them pray the prayer that we have prayed ourselves many times before all of us and had God to forgive us of, the, of those sins. Let's say it. Jesus, we confess you. Come on, that ain't the whole church. We confess you as our Lord and Savior. My Lord and Savior. I ask you, Jesus. To forgive me of every sin I've ever committed. I give my life to you. I surrender my present and my future to you and you alone. In Jesus' name, amen.